0: Super Rating Super fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Mark Duffield. Yeah, I thought we um, addressed some areas of our game that, yeah, we, that were down the last two weeks and uh, a couple of those areas, you know, obviously our scoring, you know, I mean our entries going inside 50 were able to connect a lot better and, and hit the scoreboard a lot more effectively and um, yeah, that showed by kicking fifty-eight points in the first half. I thought, yeah, first half footy in particular was really strong. And uh, although our stoppages, you know, weren't perfect, we took a, you know, a good step forward in that area of the game as well. So, yeah, there's a bit to like.
1: Fremantle coach Justin Longmuir in the wake of his team's forty-one point Western Derby win over West Coast on Sunday at Optus Stadium, there was a bit to like, and there was a bit to work on. I think for Fremantle. Eliza Riley covers Fremantle for Code Sports. She also covers AFLW, and uh, she was doing Code Sports cross to Fox AFL Tonight show last night and talking about West Coast deluge of injuries. So she's well qualified to talk about all the things I want to talk to about now. Uh, Eliza, welcome to the show. Morning, Dolph. Nice of you to throw me under the bus
0: for my you on TV, so nobody's allowed to go and watch that.
1: Uh, no, you were very good. I, uh, I was watching that from home and uh, you were very impressive, Eliza. And I'm sure it'll get easier and you won't be so worried about it in future because you did it very well. Hey, um, Let's start with some of the things you were talking about. Liam Ryan's hamstring tendon is one that has blindsided us a little bit. Um, I think even at the stage you were talking um, on Fox last night, it, it was still looking like maybe a back, maybe a knee. It's turned out to be a hamstring tendon, and he's now facing months on the sidelines.
0: the way he fell um, to the ground in that marking contest you know it could have been an array of um, things that could have gone wrong you know the first fear was sort of as he hurt his neck here the way he landed hurt quite heavily on that but of course we know that wasn't the case and somehow a hamstrings come out of it which we didn't really expect to see um, based on you know the way the fall occurred but it's the worst type of hamstring it's a tendon injury which which is expected to mean surgery for Liam and an extended period on the sidelines. So really unfortunate because just you know, a few days ago, the club was sort of hoping it wasn't too serious. He was able to sort of walk around on the training track and have a bit of um, a showing there. So unfortunate surgery is on the way and we probably won't see him for a few months. Yeah.
1: Um. Jeremy McGovern's hamstring tendon that that was pretty obvious wasn't it I think and Campbell Chesser MCL that can sort of mean five to eight weeks so that's uh, poor old Campbell Chesser he, he, he just wants to get out there and play footy he's going to have another, another big chunk of a season taken away from him Yeah
0: exactly that um, Campbell you know first round draft pick in this sort of phase of rebuilding and wanting to blood youngsters into the team and he obviously played the first few rounds. Um, he hasn't played much with at all, even when you look back to his junior career and sort of COVID and injuries there. So he was very much finding his feet um, at the level and then suddenly you take away another big chunk of games for him. So really disappointing for Campbell. And then, yeah, Jeremy McGovern, um, we sort of knew by the way he was walking and limping off the ground and it was a pretty serious hamstring and, you know, you think back to this time last week when he sort of didn't do much of training, there was a couple whispers that he could have had an injury but then was past fit to play and he's, you know, sort of um, been the fittest he's ever been and suddenly we won't probably see him till very late, if at all, this season.
1: Yeah, Jamie Cripps the same. I think four months and like with a broken ankle, you got to have surgery, you've got to invo- avoid infection and then the, the rehab's got to go according to plan. So I think if Jamie Cripps gets out there again at any stage this season, it'll be a bonus. For the Eagles. Hey, speaking of ankles, Harry Edwards, who is the bloke they probably would have wanted to step in for Jeremy McGovern. Great picture in the West Australian today, I have to say. They've actually caught it happening. He rolls his ankle on another um, teammate's foot in a in a training drill, and now he's in doubt for the weekend. Yeah, nice little Dan Wilkins frame there in the paper
0: this morning. Um, but it's such a you know another blow just on top of everything that happened in the derby on the weekend the bloke he was about to come in suddenly um uh, rolls his ankle and he went straight into the rooms. there was no you know let's try and strap this out and see how it goes um it was straight into the rooms and giving it the um best opportunity I think to try and recover ahead of this weekend because he is an important player and it's going to be a bit of a race against time, I reckon, for Harry. Um, but hopefully, you know, it is just sort of the garden variety ankle roll and they're able to you tape him up and get him out there. Because when you look at the next in, it's probably Rhett Bazo who we know what he's been through this pre-season, and Josh Rotham as well, who's only just coming back from a fractured wrist.
1: The the storyteller in me wants Rhett Bazo to play this weekend, Eliza. I saw Rhett Bazo play on Jacob Van Ruen in a dub Waffle Colts grand final a couple of years back, and it was just like the best duel you could ever see between two young players. Van Ruen looked like he was going to rip the game to shreds, and Rhett Bazo went on to him when Swans were playing Claremont and uh, and helped to shut him down and was a was a big factor in the game. So I guess that's the storyteller in me, but I guess the question is has Rhett got enough footy under his to be able to to hold down that role at, at this stage. Moving on to Frio, um, Nathan Fife, um, as you mentioned last night. Do you think Fife goes to Adelaide with the team, given that this plant of fascia issue is now, according to the club's own official injury list, he's a two B confirmed. No, no return date set.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's when you start to get a bit worried when you see the TBC chucked on any injury, um, because it's just a matter of how it responds to treatment. And we know the plantar fasciitis how tricky it can be to get it right um, without, you know, that sort of entire break where you can, you know, have surgery and start again. It's just going to keep lingering and sort of bothering um, Nat until possibly even the end of the season. Um, So I think, you know, he's obviously been ruled out for this week and the doctors are saying he needs at least one more week for them to reassess and get a bit more treatment into it. But it's just going to be a complete week-by-week scenario, I think, because obviously he was able to play with it during pre-season games, and that's when we saw him kick the bags of goals he kicked, and everyone was getting really excited about what he could achieve this year. So he obviously has been able to manage it at stages, but it's just this flare-up has now cost him three games in a row. So you'd probably think he's on the plane to Adelaide, considering the Dockers will be away for two weeks anyway. But it's just going to be a, a very much a sort of nervous wait, I think, for Fremantle fans to see when he does get back out there.
1: What was your takeaway from the Derby, Eliza? They were, they were good in patches, but there's still a bit to work in. Are you starting to be a believer in Fremantle again, or do you want to see more?
0: I think I'm in the camp of wanting to see more. I mean, it was just so important To get that first win on the board, 0-3 would have been disastrous for Fremantle. Um, But now they've obviously got the first win in um, and they're back on track. But I don't think it was entirely convincing. Obviously, the the scoreboard sort of reflects how West Coast lost a few guys and Fremantle were able to overrun them late, which is fair enough because the Dockers were um, very exciting with their ball movement in quarters one, two and four. But I think the thing that I take away is just how they were able to get a bit more speed on the ball. Um, they scored more than 100 points for the first time, I think, since sort of the early stages of last season. And they only took sort of 80 marks, which when you look at the first two weeks, they were taking 100 plus marks in each of those losses. Or is it only the 80 allowed them to? get a bit of speed on the ball and it resulted in, um, you know, several marks inside 50, which we haven't seen from in the first two rounds as well. So I think definitely the forward line looks like it's starting to click into gear and that chemistry is starting to come after a few weeks experimenting, but it's now a matter of um, continuing that and being a bit more fierce around the ball, I think.
1: (laughs) Let's talk AFLW Draft. And Fremantle took four selections in the AFLW Draft last night. Um, West Coast deciding not to take part in that draft. Talk us through them. Um, Talia Mulder looks a bit like a, a bit of a Hayley Miller clone.
0: Um, I spoke to her after the draft last night, and she said he, she modelled her game on the Fremantle skipper, so not a bad cloth to cut yourself from. Um, but she is the big bolter of this draft. She's a PR award to Perth Football League product, been, you know, finishing the top three of the A-grade amateur best in Ferris last year, and then decides, you know what, I'm going to go try um, and get to that next level at South Fremantle in the Waffle W. She's played four games this year. She's absolutely dominated. She's fierce, fast, um, loves the second effort and, you know, contested possession. And she, you know, Fremantle took one look at her and went, wow, she's got something to offer. So pretty incredible rise um, from, you know, PFL to AFLW in just the space of four games. Um, But, you know, at best she could come in and, have an impact in that midfield as we saw Megan Kaufman do last year as a PSL product as well. And at work, she's, you know, a project player who Fremantle can really invest some time in and develop because she's got all the attributes and the coachability as well.
1: Emily Fiedler from East Fremantle, uh, a, r- a, a ruck person. I was going to say ruckman, but a ruck person um, with a little bit of craft to it. She, <laughs> she, does, she doesn't just win hit out, she directs them well.
0: Yeah, definitely. She's another one who's graduated through the PSL system. Um, was a big part of Curtin Wesley's premiership run a few years ago, and has jumped up to East Fremantle just last year. And the Waffle sort of split her time between the reserves and the league side, but has cemented her spot in the league side early this year. And she's now leading the Waffle W in hitouts. But as you said, she's able to um, find her teammates with them and she can also find the footy around the ground. She's tall. She's 187 centimetres, which is up there with some of the taller players in the AFLW at the moment. And the thing that, you know, What man were keen for her to do is um, try and give them an edge in the hit because Mim Strong, she's a fantastic player, but she's more akin to sort of a, a fourth midfielder. Um, she can find the footy around the ground, she's not exactly dominant when it comes to the hit outs, although she can sort of nullify the opposition rucks, whereas Emile gives Freo opportunity to try and win them.
1: Uh, Jai Flynn, um, tell us a bit about her.
0: Yeah, Jai Flynn, East Fremantle products as well. Um, basketball background, we love a basketball background when it comes to football, but she's sort of exciting um winger slash halfback she's got speed she's athletic and she's really skillful as well um she's able to generate play for her side and she's someone who can sort of be developed in the mold of that wing role I think with Ebony Antonio as good as she's been um Ebony is probably closer to the end than she's at the start of her career and we know Fremantle did struggle for outside run last year when Ebony was injured
1: and a bit of Irish talent, they love a bit of Irish talent, Joanne Craig. Tell us about hers. Um, Tim Gossage was uh, very happy to tell us a Wembley football product. Yes,
0: yeah, another one from Wembley um, following in the footsteps of Megan Coulson and Amy Holland, who's a fellow Irish woman as well, um, who's walked the same path from Wembley to Subiaco and now the AFL Derby. Um, so Joanne's a midfielder. She's got that, you know, Gaelic speed, Um, first three or four steps are really quick, and she can burst out of stoppages and packs. Um, You know, her kicking, she can kick really long, because I interviewed her before the draft, and she was sort of saying, you know, in Gaelic, we play with a much heavier ball, so playing with Sharon has been a bit of a breeze for Joanne, so. Really exciting um, talent as well, sort of on the older side at the age of 29, um, but that hasn't stopped her at all um, in the early stages of the season for Subiaco.
1: And of course, West Coast, basically taken out of the early stages of the draft anyway because of the Amy Franklin trade, so decided not to take part.
0: Yeah, West Coast um, resigned um, 29 players, and then when you add Amy Franklin into that, that makes a full list. So... If they wanted to take part, they would have had to delist another player um, or two, but obviously they've decided that there was nothing. They were too keen to take a punt on, and they're backing the girls they have on their list to take them that next level.
1: Eliza, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. If you want to catch up with Eliza's stuff, it's on Code Sports. Um, she's a brilliant writer, but she's also very, very good at covering the AFLW. No one does it better than her. So uh, thanks very much for talking to you, and we look forward to your insights on the show as the season goes on. Eliza Riley from Code Sports. Uh, if you want to have your say on anything Eliza's had to say or anything we talk about on the show today, the temperate bedshed text line is 0487 736 736 or give us a call on the open line 13 12 55. We'll take a break and be back with more of Mornings with Mark Duffield. The SEN Track Hub.